Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America with Rich Valdez, powered by PolitiWeek.com. And Rich Valdez is with us, former Christie administration official. You worked for Chris Christie, you've been in politics, done a lot of public service stuff. Rich Valdez, columnist now with the Washington Times. This is America. Richie V, you're on the air with the nation. The nation. This is America with your host, Rich Valdez. What's up, America? I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. Your liberty-loving Latino amigo, El Conservador. Although my dad would sometimes call me El Chalatán. <laughs> Especially when I said I had studied for my tests and did all my homework. Anyway, welcome, welcome, bienvenido. I hope you guys had a chance to check out the show over the weekend. And I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S reporting for duty. And over the weekend, I had a chance to check out that Kanye West documentary, and I'm going to get into that in a little bit. But I had some really, really uh, good times this weekend. On Friday, I was with the Patriots out in New York City, Queens to be exact, with uh, Councilwoman Vicky Palladino. She was sworn in by America's Mayor Rudy Giuliani, former mayor of the city of New York. That was a great time. Great, uh, really just a fun time. Big shout out to my guy, Professor Nick Giordano, uh, who you've seen on Tucker. Speaking of Tucker, we're going to play a clip from Tucker's program where he references the Kanye West uh, debacle that happened uh, last year. But there was a lot of things that happened over the weekend, and I'm going to get into that as we proceed through the show. Plus, in the bottom of the hour, we're going to have an interview with one of the moms that fought back against racial discrimination. They were saying there were too many Asians at the magnet school, you know, the public school where you have to apply to get in. So they said, no more Asians. We need more blacks. We need more Hispanics. She fought that with Pacific Legal Foundation, and they just got an outcome on their case. We're going to have her on the program at the bottom of the hour. Plus, I want to talk a little bit about some of the other stuff that's going on with uh, Russia, Russia, Russia. But I want to get into this Kanye West stuff. So the documentary starts out in New York City. And this series covers Mr. West, Kanye West, the rapper, the producer, designer. He's a lot of things. Billionaire artist is what I'm going to call him. It covers his ascent to becoming this chart-topping billionaire entrepreneur that rededicated his life to Christianity but ends with him painted in a very negative light as if he were crazy for believing in God and supporting, you guessed it, El Trompito, Donaldus Magnus, the 45th president of these United States, El Presidente, and almost mocking him for publicly standing up against abortion and being pro-family. To me, this is wrong. But this is the proof that they use in this documentary. This is what they hang their hat on, his Trumpism. So my question to you is, why is God so bad to the enemies of this world? Why does the left wing of the political establishment, the progressives, the Democrats, why do they despise God? Now you're going to say, no, Rich, come on, stop putting words in their mouth. They didn't say they hate God. No, I'm saying they hate God because when you bring God into the picture, you're crazy. But no, Rich, you don't understand. We're not saying Kanye's crazy because he loves God. We're saying Kanye's crazy because we think he's crazy because he's bipolar. Bravo, Sierra. B.S. And I'll prove my point as we go along. 
You see, because it wasn't up until he said these things and did these things that they said, oh my gosh, you're so out of character. But for those of you who know anybody who's ever become a born-again Christian, they oftentimes reject the things that were once normal in their lives. They reject things that they didn't like before or that they liked before and reject them now because that's part of the growth, the spiritual journey. But I'm not gonna start preaching. My point is, that there's a villainization of God, whether it's prayer in schools, whether it's God in, in society, whether it's in God we trust on our money, whether it's one nation under God, there's always somebody that's taken a swipe at God. And I don't think it's cool. Lamentably, there's too many people that are being led by hate and anger, and they're willing to let every last person around them fall victim to that, whether it's the pro-Putin people that are saying, oh, let every last Ukrainian die, who cares, as long as we get the biolabs and the deep state, or if it's the biographer here, a friend of Kanye West, who, in my opinion, has painted him to look like some sort of looney tune because he loves Jesus, period. But on a positive note, I am going to say that it was inspiring to watch this, to see the tenacity that Kanye had, to see how he got rejected and dissed at every level and kept going for it because he believed in himself, because his mom told him he was great, because he knew that he could get this done. And it reminded me of things that my dad taught me. My dad, who had a sixth grade education, grew up on a farm in Puerto Rico, and he would tell me, you can do anything if you put your mind to it. That was it. Words of wisdom. They changed my life. Never thought I'd be able to do half the things that I did, whether it was getting appointed to Governor Christie's administration, uh, working for the great one, Mark Levin, being a part of uh, some national undercover stuff with James O'Keefe. There's so many really cool things that I've been able to do in my career, not to mention opening a barbershop when I was 16. I just always took the risk. Why? Because I totally believed that things would end up in my favor. And it was because my mom told me I was the most handsome boy in the world, even though I was overweight, a little pudgy, right? I thought I was God's gift. <laughs> and 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 it's it's that confidence that I had and that I used in order to achieve the success that I have achieved. And and I found that really inspiring that although he was knocked down, he kept getting up. Now, I know you didn't tune in to hear about Kanye. Although this podcast did start, right? This is America. Uh did start with our first episode about Kanye West, about the time he wore his red MAGA hat to Saturday Night Live, and they said he was crazy back then. So I have an interest in that, plus he's probably one of my favorite rappers. But the bottom line here is, I want you to hear this clip, and it's a long clip. I might interrupt it along the way to give you some context. But they're in a SUV, and they're leaving this place where he was buying these custom-made dishes or bowls that he had uh, scene while he was on vacation and he was showing them to his dad on FaceTime and decided, uh, excuse me, decided to meet with the actual artist who made these things. And they go to her studio and whatnot. And when they get back in the car, him and his entourage, his crew, his peeps, the, uh, you know, his assistant, his friends, uh, the people that help him operate his business, they're telling him, don't watch that. It's poison because he's watching Tucker Carlson on YouTube on his cell phone. And they're saying, oh, he's taking your words out of context. And he yells back at them and snaps back at them because he gets it. He knows what he meant. He knows what he said. And he's paying very close attention to what they're saying on Fox News about him. Listen to this from Genius, a Kanye West trilogy on Netflix. Just campaigned at a rally in South Carolina last night. His remarks were not focus grouped. There weren't a lot of platitudes or cliches. They were as unusual, in fact, as eccentric as the man himself, but in some ways they were remarkable and worthwhile. Talking about Take Trump. Freedom does not come from an election. The freedom comes from you not loading up pornography. The freedom comes from you not taking the purpose set. The freedom comes from you not down your 
Now, at this point, the guy in the back seat, one of his buddies, says, hey, look, we have to be careful what they say about Percocets because I had to take Percocets because I was in really serious pain. Kanye kind of shoes him off because he's focused, he's intent on listening to what Fox News has to say about him. Huh. A celebrity musician telling you that freedom does not come from porn or drugs or pulling a gun on people. It comes from God. He said a lot of things, by the way, some of them. We wouldn't agree with at all. Some very unusual proposals made the roster, too, including giving a million dollars to any woman who has a baby. But it was interesting. And maybe the most arresting moment came when Kanye West talked about abortion. Watch this. Let me hear it. Let me hear it, bro. And his buddies are interrupting him, saying, hey, who's that guy? Who's that white guy talking about you? And he explained the one guy looks over, reads the screen, says, it's Tucker Carlson, Fox News Channel. And and he uh, he starts arguing with them, obviously, because he wants to hear what's going on. And they begin to misinform him after this, but he stays intent on paying attention. Okay, before we jump back in, it was a little unclear, but he says, even if my wife were to, to divorce me after this speech, she brought North, that's the name of his daughter, Northwest, into this life. He was preaching life. That's not crazy. More than half of this country is pro-life. Always has been. The number one religion in the country is Christianity, whether you're Protestant or Catholic or otherwise. It's about Jesus. And I don't want to leave behind any of our other religions, but that's the predominant one. So to try and paint Kanye West as something other than an average American because of his position on abortion or his position on not taking Percocets is A, unfair, and B, straight up propaganda. No speechwriter wrote that. And it's a dangerous point if you think about it. They can say they love you. They can tell you your life matters. But if they clutter your neighborhood with abortion clinics, they're lying. No, this, this, is, this is facts, bro. But no one wanted to it. <laughs> His friends are arguing with him. Hey, listen, don't listen to that, bro. It's negative. And he goes, no, this, this is facts. I, I think he's 100% right. Of course. Well, hey, you're right. Crazy. Crazy. No, he's putting them in context. But it's so putting them in context. Instead, TMZ reported that. That right there is my favorite point that he makes, where he says, no, they're not taking my words out of context. He's putting them in context. Many people in Kanye West circle believe he needs, quote, serious help. And then cited an anonymous family member who explained that he's experiencing a bipolar episode. Who's that? Way, maybe he is. We don't know. But it doesn't mean what he said is wrong. Boom! Right. Over on CNN, of course, they were horrified okay, okay. by it. Call him crazy as quick as you can before anyone pays attention to what he's saying. Right, right, right. I just want to be clear. Right. I have no idea what Kanye West's mental state is. And I think they're they stand corrected. We don't kneel no more. We stand now. It really was a really cool part of the the documentary, in my opinion. I really enjoyed it because this, to me, is not just happening to Kanye West. 
This is what they did to Trump. This is what they do to me. <laughs> this is what happens all over the place. People can think, man, you're really nice. You're really good at this. You're, you're really good on the radio. You're that, whatever. I get all sorts of different uh, criticisms and, 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 and words of praise. But sometimes when they think, hey, but you're a Trumper. You like Donaldus Magnus El Trumpito? Man, what's wrong with you? Would you hit your head? <laughs> so people will treat you differently if you like Trump. People will treat you differently if you love God. And I think this is part of where we have to really stop and take an inventory and say, look, I'm okay with being as progressive as the next guy. And I'm not saying I am, but I'm saying if that's your thing, if you want to believe in universal health care, if you want to believe in universal basic income, if you want to believe in high taxes and government dependency, you can do that. That is your prerogative. But don't sign on to the God-hating, America-hating part of this party, of this movement as well. Because it doesn't behoove you. It doesn't help me. It doesn't help anybody. I don't know. You let me know what you think. I'm at Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S on all the social media. I'd love to hear your comments and your, your thoughts on this one. And there's also this one thing I wanted to show you before we uh, move on. There's a couple of things that are coming up straight ahead. But I want to ask you a question. And this is from the JustFacts.com, their question of the day. What portion of all U.S. energy consumption was provided by wind energy in 2020? Is it about 1%, about 3%, or about 10%? Again, that question of the day from JustFacts.com. What portion of all U.S. energy consumption was provided by wind energy in 2020? So if you're a real green new dealer, you're going to know the answer to this. You're not going to get messed up. Again, uh, option A, 1%. Option B, 3%. Option C, 10%. You let me know what the right answer is. Chime in on uh, all of the social media at Rich Valdez with an S. And straight ahead, we're going to talk about another rapper who was taking some heat over the weekend for an interview that he did where he said one of the worst things America's done is vote out Donald Trump. <laughs> Don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. Valdez with an S. This is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. At Baker's, we work with local farms right in our own backyard to bring you food that's fresher than fresh. From homegrown watermelon that makes your mouth water to crisp corn picked right around the corner. Come pick out some yourself because shopping for local produce should be as easy as shopping at your local Baker's. Baker's, fresh for everyone. And now shop what you love and save $2 on each participating item when you buy three or more with your card. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. This is America. He's brown, he's bald, and he's breaking it down. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. 
And the answer to that question from JustFacts.com, again, I'm going to give you those options one more time. What percentage, what portion of U.S. energy consumption was provided by wind energy in 2020? Was it 1%, 3%, or about 10%? Well, drum roll. All right, here it is. The answer is ding, 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 3%. About 3% of all U.S. energy consumption was provided by wind energy in 2020. So for those of you who thought we were getting even a tenth of our energy from wind, uh, you're wrong. <laughs> wrong. So uh, quick tidbit. Always check out my guys at JustFacts.com, JustFacts.com. You know, there's all these fact-checking places that the, the left abuses people with saying things like, no, 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 there's no Biden crack pipes. That's been debunked. Meanwhile, there's actually U.S. tax dollars at the behest of the Biden administration that are going into little Ziploc bags that have not only a crack pipe inside, but also have a sterile syringe and also have a meth pipe, which is apparently different from a crack pipe. So I bring that up because the fact checker said that that stuff was fake. That's why I use JustFacts.com. JustFacts.com, they tell it like it is. They're not fact checkers because they realize that when you're doing independent research, you're always checking facts. Fact checking isn't something you do after the fact. It's something you do as you go. That's what real journalists do. That's what real researchers do. And that's why I urge you to go to JustFacts.com. They have a newsletter where they send you all of their new reports where they debunk all of the crazy things that the left is saying is true and really aren't true. And they put it out through email all the time. It's absolutely free. Just go to justfacts.com slash rich, justfacts.com slash rich, my name, R-I-C-H, and you'll get it absolutely free, justfacts.com slash rich. Now, I want to talk about Kodak Black because Kodak Black, he um, was making some headlines over the weekend as well for a interview that he did. Now, this I'm reading this from Complex Magazine. And during a recent appearance on the Full Send podcast, a 24-year-old rapper expressed disappointment over the 2020 presidential race, saying, quote, getting rid of Trump is the worst thing America could have did. You hear me? <laughs> and what I'm going to do is I'm going to play it for you so that you could hear him. You hear me? Man, like, like getting rid of Trump is the worst thing America could have did. You hear me? Now, that's just a quick clip, but I want you to understand the context of this. Both Little Wayne and Kodak Black were pardoned by President Trump before he left office. And, of course, he feels indebted to Trump. And he says as such, I'm going to give you the full context of the clip here. Listen to this. How did I don't know how much you could talk about it, but to me, that is like the biggest flex to get pardoned by the president. Like, how did that come about? Like, did you guys have a prior relationship like, that's insane yeah, to me. You know, they were making sure, like, I, I was getting up out of that safe, you know? And called me the eagle. Like, the eagle has landed, man, the package. And called me the eagle of the package, you yeah. Like, the eagle has landed, man. Safe. Was that something, though, that, like, did you get word while you were there and saying, hey, Trump wants to pardon you? Or was that, like, how did that process work? Is that, yeah, because you were, you were, like, you were rocking the hat and shit, the MAGA hat I saw in... Is that because, like, you were just publicly showing support that he's like, I'm going to help this guy out? Y'all show support. Like, I'm forever, like, embedded to that boy. He snapped. Yeah. <clears throat> but Trump knows, like, the, he, he did that for the people. The people need their music. We need Kodak's music. Man, right? like, like, getting rid of Trump is the worst thing America could have did. You hear me? 
I agree with him 100%, right? Because El Trompito, man, do we miss him? Do we miss him at the gas pump? Do we miss him in the Middle East? Right? He was on his way to having peace in the Middle East with the Abraham uh, Accords. Do we miss him with uh, Eastern Europe? There's a war breaking out right now. It's funny. No matter what I do, no matter where I go, people refuse to accept the fact. They just keep saying, but Trump was bending over backwards for Putin. Even Whoopi Goldberg said that Trump would deliver, he would just hand over Ukraine. Isn't that exactly what Biden is doing right now? I mean, that's what it looks like to me. I don't think he's doing anything significant to stop this. But for now, mounting pressure from the international community. And again, is Biden doing this for the sake of stopping the energy flow into Ukraine? Or excuse me, out of Russia into the United States? Because of Ukraine? No, he's doing it because he wants to hand over the reins to his other despotic friends like Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela or to the death to America crowd in Iran or even worse, putting us right back into bed with the people in Saudi Arabia. But the point here remains, people are sick and tired of paying what they're paying, of paying for the added cost of inflation, for paying what they're paying at the pump for having to work more and earn less, for having less liberty and more rules. People are tired of it, and Biden's brought it all. You can blame the pandemic all you want, but people were still making a little bit of money under Trump towards the end during the pandemic. And prior to that, they were making a bunch of money. The economy was booming. So I will join Kodak Black in saying, I miss Trump. Kudos to him, kudos to Kanye, and everybody else out there in the hip-hop community that's having the courage to come out and talk about what's actually really happening without fear of reprisal because it's difficult. And I always tell you guys, and I know you're not necessarily interested in hip hop, but I, I listen to all the different morning shows every day and I will go to the hip hop morning show because I enjoy the music and they have some funny segments. It's a really good show when they're not talking about politics, but when they are talking about politics, it gets crazy. And they just say things that are, you know, half-truths, mistruths, misinforming, disinforming. And it's unfortunate because the listener will buy it hook, line, and sinker because they trust these people. They believe that the hosts of the show are telling the truth. And I guess they probably don't realize that they're being used to promote this propaganda. But on the New York Morning Show here, uh, Hot 97, Ebro in the Morning, great show. I heard him and Laura Stiles, his co-host, saying that, there was this case in New York last week where somebody was throwing poop at people and smearing it on somebody's face or whatnot. And the guy was obviously somebody that had been arrested multiple times and was let out because they did not hold him on bail because we have this no cash bail reform law that went into effect in January of 2020. And he was saying, but don't believe the hype. That's not the truth. And I wish I had the audio to play it for you, but I don't. But in effect, what Ebro said was, there are judges that lean conservative. And it's these judges that are not using the discretion that they have to hold these people on bail. Now, I'm going to agree and say that judges do have discretion. However, they don't have discretion over everything. In particular, the, the cases or the, the charges that were already limited as part of the law. An assault without bodily injury which is what I'm going to presume is when somebody takes a piece of poop and smears it on your face or throws it at you, while it's disgusting and it's illegal, there's likely no bodily injury after some soap and water washes off the fecal matter. So this is one of those crimes that the judges don't have discretion over. 
Moreover, depending on how people are charged, it's the DAs, the ones that uh, good old everybody's favorite bad guy, George Soros, has been funding up and down America, up and down the, the, the left coast, the west coast, here in the east coast. These are the, the people that hold so much power because they choose to apply which charge sticks and bring it to the judge who then has to, you know, hear the case. So it's not as simple as Ebro made it sound to be. It really wasn't very genuine, although I think he believes he honestly was telling the truth. I did send them a tweet. I don't think anybody cared, <laughs> but I don't think they're interested in having a debate on this. I think no matter what, Trump is bad. No matter what, jails are bad. No matter what, the police are bad. He's just one of those. And whatever. You know, we just have to continue to fight uh, fire with water and, and lies with facts because that's what we do. And that's why I like JustFacts.com, by the way. Anyway, straight ahead, I want to bring in Asra Nomani. She is a former reporter with the Wall Street Journal, and she's also a mom, and her son is at a school, and they were saying that, you know what, uh, she's Indian, uh, South Asian, and they were saying there's too many South Asians. 70% of the people that go to the school are South Asian or Asian, and we don't have enough blacks or Hispanics, so they were going to start using racism to kick the kids that earned their spot and passed the test to get into this school. They're going to kick them out to bring in other students who weren't going to take a test because they were saying, we don't want this based on merit. They've tried to do the same thing in New York. They have tried to do it in many states, and parents have to be very uh, weary of this. You don't want your kid getting into a school that they legitimately can't get into, and you don't want them dumbing down the public education system any more than they already have. So don't move a muscle. Keep it locked right there. I am Rich Valdez. Straight ahead, Asra Nomani. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com. The 45th President, Donald Trump, thinks it's an honor to speak with Rich Valdez. Oh, very good, Mr. Colescrater. Yeah. It's an honor. Thanks, Rich. The honor is all yours. Conservative Talk with a dash of sofrito. Now, here's Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, at Rich Valdez with an S on all of the social media. And uh, as mentioned, I want to talk with an education activist. She's an author. She's an activist on many different fronts. But Asra Nomani has been in the news lately. You saw her testify in front of Congress. You've seen her on social media making her opinions very available. And good opinions, in my opinion, they are. And that's why I want to bring her into the fold, into the program, so that you guys can hear directly from her. Asra Namani, welcome to This Is America. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Oh, it's my pleasure. And, you know, I, uh, I was really excited. Uh, I am, um, when, I, when I heard about your, your story, uh, to have you on the show, because I uh, helped start a charter school in Jersey City, New Jersey, with a colleague of mine, Brett Schundler, who was education commissioner in New Jersey. And I've been a, a, a school choice advocate for a very long time, and I believe in lots of different school options. And when I hear something as crazy and egregious as this, that not only are you saying, hey, excuse me, school board and, and public school and the government overall, 
you guys are stopping East Asians and Asians in general from being a part of a school because of whatever their crazy rationale was. I said, oh, my gosh, I've got to go straight to the source oh. and get your story. So, uh, Asper Damani, yeah. tell us what's going on. Oh, my gosh, that's so great to hear that, uh, you know, because I know that you had to have come to that place of wanting to create the charter school uh, in large part same state of being that a lot of parents are in today. Mm -hmm. You know, we have been crying out to school boards since March 2020 to be heard, and they just ignored us. They put the mute button on us. They tried to humiliate us and shut us up. Oh, because that's because you're a domestic terrorist, according to the DHS, right? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, it just got it's just gotten worse and worse and worse, and they just want to keep um, alienating us and care- making a caricature of us. So what we finally figured out is we're up against this machine. You know, there is a political machine that wants to control the schools and thus the kids, and they have an agenda that is not in sync with the parents. They are trying to uh, marginalize parents, and everybody knows who's a parent. Like, we will go to the ends of the earth to protect our cubs, right? Like, that's mm-hmm. why we came up with this idea of us our, ourselves as mama bears and papa bears, because we love our kids. We love kids, and, you know, we we nurse them at night, we wake them in the morning, and we will, you know, go to the ends of the earth, as I said, to protect them, Right. So that's what this machine doesn't seem to understand. And these are people like Randy Weingarten, you know, who's the head of the uh, American Federation for Teachers, um, city council members like Allison, Co- not city council, I'm sorry, school board members like Allison Collins, just recalled in San Francisco, who are just rude and obnoxious to parents. Uh, and, and, you know, they're, they're losing. They're losing big time. Oh, yeah. We've seen them, I think, uh, a huge, uh, I'm going to call it a revolution of parents uh, all over the place. And you're in the heart of it, right? You're in Virginia. And the school that we're talking about here, just to give some context, your organization, the Coalition for TJ, and when I say TJ, I don't mean Tijuana, but I mean Thomas Jefferson. (laughs) (laughs) That's the school in question here. But you worked with Pacific Legal, and we've had Pacific Legal on on this program before. They do an amazing job uh, offering legal representation, making sure the Constitution is adhered to and that people's rights aren't abridged uh, and there's not an affront on liberty which so big a shout out to them and to you and tell us how oh, you yeah. got involved with the group started the group what you're doing with the other parents how did it all come about oh my gosh it all began with an email it was on my birthday 2020 june 7th and we got an email from the principal at my son's high school thomas jefferson high school for science and technology and the email told our mostly asian mostly immigrant parents and students, the kids too, that we needed to check our privileges. <laughs> and I just, my jaw dropped because I knew these parents. They survived the Cultural Revolution. They have survived communism in Eastern Europe. They have survived economic injustice, all to come to America for the American dream. I grew, I grew up in Piscataway, New Jersey. That was where I learned English. Mm-hmm. And Jersey went to Mar. Yeah, exactly. Martin Luther King Elementary School. We all came here for the principles that were fought and defended in the civil rights movement because mm-hmm. we've known we have known injustice, you know, out there in the world and this was a school in which admissions was simply merit based. 
the kids took a test and they got through a first round then. And it was a test on math and science. And you got in or you didn't get in based on your knowledge. But what happened is in summer 2020, they decided they wanted to do a little social engineering and rig the numbers so that our numbers would reflect the racial demographics of our county. So here's the, the, the big purge that they were planning and that they put in place. We have 70% Asian students at TJ. The, the county has 20% Asian students. So just imagine that that's what they were trying to accomplish. And they were clear about it. They were so racist in their language that we ended up going to court with Pacific Legal Foundation, just found these, you know, just amazing attorneys who took our cause to court. And last Friday, two Fridays ago, we got the ruling and the email simply said, we won because this Judge Claude Hilton ruled that indeed the school board had put in a system of discrimination against Asians. And and everybody knows that they know their you know, language politics, language of politics today, that's systemic racism. But lo and behold, the school board is now gone to court to get a stay on that decision so that they can continue their racist admissions this school, this school year. And we're going to go to court on Friday to try to defend equal protection under the law. Really simple idea. Mm-hmm. But behind it are amazing, amazing brave families from across the world that have come to Northern Virginia and stood up for the American dream. You know, something that your attorney, Wilcox, said, it's opinion they shared uh, is published here. It says, we hope this ruling sends the message that government cannot choose who receives the opportunity to attend public schools based on race or ethnicity. And that's exactly what the government, the school board, was trying to do. I find this to be crazy on so many levels. I mean, one level is what you just mentioned, right? I can't imagine, and I don't know, I'm speaking from ignorance, but I'm going to guess, just from having friends that are ethnically diverse, that it's not necessarily a walk in the park to grow up in Bombay or Mumbai uh, unless right. you come from a family that's got a lot of money. Is that true? Well, I mean, a lot of our families have struggled and suffered, you know, there. My dad himself, he is five foot three because he survived the Bengal famine in which the British, under British rule, uh, moved food from India's population to the British soldiers. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, he came to America, you know, like most of our families, was just dollars in his pocket. Yes, he was able to get his student visa, but that didn't mean that he came with wealth. We did not come with wealth. Exactly. That's and, my point. I mean, yeah. uh, listen, I, I was born in the United States. My parents were born American citizens on the island of Puerto Rico. Uh, I've never had a day of famine in my life. When you meet me, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so th- this is something when people say, you know, oh, you know, they're getting it the easy way out or 70%. Yeah. When, you t- when you give me someone that grew up in a country where they starved you to feed soldiers and many other things that have happened in, in, yeah. you know, in that part of the world, uh, guess what? This tough times make tough people. And those tough people come here and they bring that work ethic into the classroom and that's why they bust their butts. And yeah. to, to take that away from someone to just say, well, you know, we have more we have more of this race now instead of that race. So now I think it's important that we have more of those people in the school. Well, then maybe they should work just as hard and achieve the same goals and get the same grades and they could have the same opportunity. Yeah, and ultimately 
what is happening is, as you know, the numbers that they want to increase are black and Hispanic students, and everybody wants to increase that. Like, everybody wants success for every child. But who has really failed those kids? The school system. Absolutely. The public school system. And that's exactly where you came in, and so many other black and Hispanic families have also said, we want charter schools, because the public school system uses those kids to get more federal dollars, Absolutely. right? And line their budget, which we see here in Fairfax County, Virginia also, but the money doesn't go to the kid. Like it doesn't, you then end up with these huge reading and math gaps. And lo and behold, of course, in eighth grade, these poor kids have not mastered algebra, you know, if they want to master it, because they haven't been on that track, right? And and that's the failure of our, unfortunately, in our case, it has been, you know, largely Democrats. And I, I came to Virginia because I'm a Democrat. But I have seen the failure of the Democrats in, uh, in, in finding solutions. And they're like summer 2020, their like knee-jerk uh, response to just rig the system was lazy. You know, and yeah. thank goodness the judge came out and, you know, uh, gave them the, you know, clear judgment that they were participating in racism. And they even knew it. Um, you know, Erin Wilcox, whom you just mentioned, our lawyer, she, she, I asked her one time, I said, Erin, why do you care so much about this issue? And she said, I'm the daughter of a teacher. You know, she saw, like, what opportunity means, right, in the classroom and how loving and good a teacher can be. Well, lo and behold, there in the summer of 2020, they had decided the Asians were the problems. Um, the school board started calling us uh, racist and toxic. Of course. The ac- <laughs> They're yeah. the ones that are racially segregating things. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so the, you're the racist. And the, yeah, and the activists called us, you know, a white adjacent and resource hoarders. Well, it's better um, than white supremacists, I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why, you know, this um, hearing that I went to last week and testified about discrimination against Asians, I, I was like, yeah, all my decades in America, I've never experienced it as deeply as we have these last two years under this new racism of the woke politics in America. And and that's what they did not want to hear from this minority, you know, because we are the inconvenient minority to their narrative of oppression of all of all minorities in America. Yeah, you were on with Asra Nomani. She's a former professor at Georgetown University. She's a writer and an activist mom uh, with the group that brought this lawsuit. And, you know, something I want to throw at you, because um, yeah. I think it's it's fair to say it's a failure of the public education system and maybe even Democrats tangentially. But I would surmise in my estimation from what I've seen in New Jersey, at least, that it goes beyond that. This isn't just a failure. Like, oh, my gosh, our bad policies you know, failed these kids. Mm-hmm. No, this is more like a setup. It's, it's almost like a trap. It's like, I know we're going to fail you, but we need more kids. And the more they fail, the more this money we get, the more that money we get, the more whatever money we get. And ultimately, we can add more teachers, more teachers' aides. We can add more right. uh, reading specialists. We can add right. more this because the more problems we have, the more money we get. And it creates this ecosystem of government-funded positions for people to get yeah. jobs. And it becomes patronage. And it's politics at its worst. 
And, yeah, and you you summarized it so well. And sadly, I think this gets overlooked. People just think, oh, my gosh, my kids aren't learning. Yeah, that's a huge problem. But bigger than that, we have this pervasive problem with corruption where they've created this ecosystem of corruption to feed themselves. And yeah. I think that's so important for parents that are on the front line like you to always keep in the forefront as well. Oh, I love that. I was listening to every word that you said so carefully because, you know, I was a reporter at the Wall Street Journal for 15 years covering the money in politics and the corruption of the uh, international trade lobbyists, right? Mm -hmm. I witnessed the tobacco industry and its lobbying and its corruption, the pharmaceutical industry and its kickbacks. And I'm taking that same lens, hearing what you're saying and uh, absorbing it with our experience over the last two years and, and absolutely feeling like there is money in politics that has corrupted our system and, and now, you know, what I've also observed to add to the explanation you gave is they have the um, taxpayer-funded jobs, and now what they're doing is doling out taxpayer-funded contracts to mm -hmm. in, this, this industry that we're calling the woke industrial complex mm -hmm. because these guys are getting multimillion-dollar contracts to – do surveillance on your kids' emotions through things that they call social and emotional screeners, mm -hmm. um, put in a new anti-racism audits. And, and we're not talking about like just like, you know, your like snake oil salesman. We're talking about like companies like Panorama Education, which is um, got as an investor, Mark Zuckerberg. No. I mean, anything that guy touches, you know, yeah. you get run, run away fast. Yeah. And then that co-founder of Panorama Education is the man that one of our super sleuth moms told us is the son-in-law of the U.S. Attorney General, Merrick Garland, who oh put a target on the backs of parents. So this is that intersection, just like you're saying, of like corruption and money in politics and, and who suffers and who are the, um, the victims is really the children. Like they are the sacrificial lambs to this industry. Yeah. And I think the important part is always keeping the focus on there is an industry. This is not just, yes. you know, oh yes. my gosh, bad decisions. They made the wrong choice. BS. They did that yeah. on purpose. Yeah, like what I tell every every parent is whenever you see like the consultant pop up, the speaker, go and file a Freedom of Information Act request for the contract. Ask the school system because this is public and so you have access to emails, text messages, and that's how the Coalition for TJ and Pacific Legal Foundation got the text messages of the school board members acknowledging that what they were doing in our process was racist. The um, actual text from the school board member was that uh, saying, this is anti-racist, LOL. Yeah. That was her text. <laughs> That's yeah. terrific. So in addition to that uh, uh, pearl of wisdom that you just shared with us that you share with the parents you're working with, what is the top piece of advice that you would give to parents that are listening right now that want to get involved and say, you know what, not on my watch, not here. We're going to stick up for the kids in our area. What's your best advice to them? And then follow that up with how people can find you and help. Oh, absolutely. So I'm going to tell you all what great dad, Chan Koch um, from New York City, told us in June 2020. I remember it was Father's Day, and this mattered so much to him that he got on a Zoom call with us. And he told us, number one, be unapologetic. 
defend your values and the values that you want to impart on your children unapologetically. Second, investigate, 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 document, document, document. Every parent can be a Nancy Drew or a Hardy Boy in your school district. You can find the answers and you have a right to the answers because this is public government. This is state-sponsored work. So you have a right. Um, and the third is always be professional because, you know, they are always looking for a way to demonize us and caricature us. Mm-hmm. And as long as you, you know, are as professional as um, as you can be, the, the first thing will always be easiest, you know, being unapologetic. You just live honorably, parent, like just like you parent, parent honorably, live honorably, advocate honorably, and um, and and the truth will prevail. Like we will win. This, this is absolutely going to happen. We will turn this uh, this uh, economy that has been built off the backs of children upside down. We'll dismantle it. And we are challenging them, school district after school district, because, you know, ultimately, like, nobody can defeat the mama bear and papa bear. Nobody. Right. Like, no, nothing is going to get in between us and, and goodness and righteousness. And so we will prevail and we will win. And you can contact us. You can go to coalitionfortj.net. And we have a contact form there, but it's our, we're just old school at coalitionfortj at gmail.com. Our Twitter handle is coalitionfortj. We have an open DM. You can message us. And, and you know, we're here to help you also because we've learned a lot of good lessons here and absolutely here to help you. Excellent. That's uh, coalitionfortj.net. Uh, Asra Nomani, keep up the great work. Thank you so much for the great advice. Thank you. And thank you for all the leadership you've had in making you know, school systems better for kids. Oh, amen to that. I'm happy to do it. I wish yeah. I could do more of it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great to talk to you. All right. Bye-bye. How's that for the answer to what can we do? What can we do? What can we do? You can do some of that. Make sure you get out there, support them, learn from them, do what you can to get involved. I'll be back with a quick wrap up. I am Rich Valdez. This is America. This is America. This is America. He's got the best head of hair in podcasting. This is America with Rich Valdez. All right, America, welcome back. Rich Valdez, Valdez with an S at Rich Valdez on all of the social media. And what an amazing interview that was. This is a mama bear that was protecting her cubs, and kudos to her for doing it. That's what we've got to do, just like Kanye West was doing with himself, with protecting his own cubs, talking about abortion. We have to stand up for the things that we believe in, because if we stand for nothing, we fall for anything. And I think this is what's happening right now, whether it's Joe Biden being as reckless as he is with the situation in Ukraine, whether it's the media being reckless or even nefarious at worst, doing what they do to put people in the worst possible light possible. We know their game. We know what they're doing. And now it's our turn to do that. We've got to stand up for what's right, because the only thing necessary to stop evil from triumphing is for good people like you to sit there and do nothing. So now's the time to do something. Make sure you know something, read something. Go to JustFacts.com and check them out. Get the facts on your side. Stand up for what's right because America needs you more now than she's ever needed you before. Anyway, on the next episode of This is America, 
Uh, we're going to jump into a bunch of dicey topics and a couple of funny ones, so I want you to stick with me for that one. And, of course, make sure you tune in uh, Sunday morning, 6 a.m. on 1210 Talk Radio WPHT. Philadelphia uh, is our flagship right now, and uh, we're loving every moment of that. And, of course, new podcast episodes all week long, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays. So I'm looking forward to that as well. Join me for that. Share it with somebody because without you guys sharing it, we don't get this message out there. And that's how we're able to maintain on the top 100 and 200 charts. And that's, to me, how we're reaching people. So thank you for doing that. Thank you for all those five-star reviews. And hasta la próxima. Until the next time, America, I am Rich Valdez, and this is America. This is America. Woodhouse Nissan offers a variety of SUVs and crossovers to fit your lifestyle. Whether you're looking for an SUV with high towing capability or a crossover with all-wheel drive, you can expect a variety of safety features, plenty of seating, ample cargo space, and innovative design to tackle virtually any adventure. Explore the Nissan lineup of SUVs and crossovers featuring Rogue, Rogue Sport, Kicks, Murano, Pathfinder, and Armada. Visit one of our two Nissan locations or shop online at woodhouse.com.